This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan, and as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today, a familiar voice joins us once again. His name is John Strain. He's been on a number of times in the past, but he's got something new up his sleeve, and we're going to talk about that today. He wrote a book previously called You Gotta Ask, and we went through that and dissected it chapter by chapter, and and now he's got a new book on the way called You Gotta Listen. Jesus is speaking to and through all kinds of people. So first of all, John, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Thank you. It is great to be back again, Skip. Well, we sure enjoy having you. So, John, why? Why did you come up with this idea for this book? Well, you know, we wrote You Gotta List, uh, or You Gotta Ask. That was the first one, which is the name of the organization. And so this one popped out. It was actually two chapters in You Gotta Ask were the seed of germination mm-hmm. <laughs> for this one. And one of my good friends said, actually, you should have wrote You Gotta Listen first. Mm. And I said, you're right. I totally get what you're saying. It's a more spiritual book, actually. And But I wasn't ready. Yeah. And uh, so really, this was kind of a little bit of me working through my own stuff. And particularly, Skip, the part of us and part of me that is a little agnostic about hearing God's voice. And by agnostic, I'm meaning, I don't, you know, how do you know that was God? And sometimes, you know, so you want to discern that from the evil one's voice, but but sometimes I think we have a hard time discerning, did I, is that me? Did I come up with that in my head or is this God? Mm. And as you know, we are in the mix of uh, mixing it up with people, sharing our faith, helping people be conversant, and asking compelling questions and listening and that kind of thing. But this whole part of what, what is God's role in that, and I think it becomes a three-way conversation. I'm listening to God, and I'm listening to another person, and I'm hoping that maybe God is speaking to that other person. I, I have to assume that he is, and we've got a lot, of, a lot of stories to share about that he actually was speaking to them and has been all their life. And that's why the subtitle, Jesus is speaking to and through all kinds of people, because mm-hmm. you find that all over the Scripture, um, and we've seen that in our own stories. And uh, so, But I'm, I'm finding uh, the more I talk about this, the more people kind of are nodding, going, oh, that's me. I just can't figure this out. Yeah. You know, and they, too, are struggling with the agnostic side of how do you know it's God. Uh, Rather than ourselves. Yeah. So there's kind of an epistemology thing going on here. How do we know things? And this is very unique because it's really important. I mean, can you think of anything more important than listening to God 
if if there's a God who speaks, and Francis Schaeffer's book title, you know, said um, he is there and he's not silent. And the Bible is all about a speaking God and Jesus. And so we, we have to stop and go, well, uh, more important than me talking to God is me hearing him. And so that's that's the challenge of this. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so I, I, there was an interesting thing that uh, I was reading Dallas Willard's book. He, he has a really uh, meaty book on hearing God. And he quoted Lily Tomlin, the comedian, okay. which I thought, oh, Dallas Willard is quoting Lily Tomlin, you know. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. But, but she made a comment, and I, can't, I won't quote it exactly, but she made a comment about, you know, all of us, or we all, we all accept the fact that we pray. But she says, but as soon as you say, God told me something, or I heard God, mm-hmm. you're schizophrenic. Yeah. You know, you have become suspect all of a sudden. And so I think uh, what's happened is we hold our cards kind of close. Yeah. You know, we don't share things that we go, that could have been God mm-hmm. talking to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that because people will think I'm nuts or I'm on some ego trip or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And so, but I'm, I'm finding, uh, I started asking people, I said, do you think there's been times in your life or a time when, God spoke to you, and they kind of look right and left, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they'll tell me a story, and sometimes these stories are, are a little bit unusual. And uh, so, I, so I was doing that, and then I, as I was reading through Dallas Willard's book, uh, he actually did the same thing when he was writing Hearing God, and he, he noticed one that people were very apprehensive until they knew that he was sincere uh, in asking the question, and, mm-hmm. and it would not surprise him to hear that they had. And so then they became very forthcoming with stories, and and I think there's more of this going on than we know, but we're so afraid, you know, of what people will think. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Okay, so uh, let's continue on, and we're going to actually tackle uh, chapter one today. Yeah, well, I, you know, the whole theme of this in chapter one is my sheep hear my voice. Uh, Jesus made that statement, John 10, but I, you know, in putting a book together like this, like I said, we're, we're kind of listening to people and so you got to listen people assume that that's about us listening to other people and and it is but uh, I think where this got started for me where these two worlds come together where I'm listening to both God and a person Mm -hmm. while I'm interacting with them uh, came to me in Starbucks one day and I I was all suited up. I just come from leading, doing a Bible study at the Capitol, so I had my suit on. Mm -hmm. I think I went in to maybe prepare, start preparing for the next uh, Bible study there. And so I had books in my hands, maybe a commentary Bible, and I flopped them open on the table and this guy came up and just made this very snarky comment about you know, God being the source of all evil. And I go, I don't even know who this guy is. He just kind of saw me suited up with a Bible and a commentary and made this comment. Mm. And he set his stuff down next to my table, and then he went up and ordered his coffee. And I thought, wow, this is unusual. Uh, I don't even know what to do with that. And so 
Um, but I heard, some, you know, the inner ear just said, shush and just listen. Don't, don't say a Don't word. come back. Just, just listen to this man. So he comes back. And he begins to, you know, make some more comments. And I, so I just sat and listened to him. And he was, you know, saying a lot of things that I wouldn't agree with. And I mm-hmm. think probably in, in, in social things, culture things, political things, <laughs> spiritual things, all kinds of. And I thought, you know, 27 minutes, I probably heard 27 things that I could have gotten into a debate with him about, you know. But God had already said, just listen. So I did. And then finally, uh, this man kind of stopped, and he made this really funny observation. He goes, he goes, you're obviously pretty smart. You listen. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's more than I can say for most in your camp. Really? And I went, whoa, insight bomb here. Yeah. you know. And I, um, and I thought, well, I'm not going to open my mouth and start talking now because it might betray how smart I am. <laughs> He'll find out that I'm not that smart. <laughs> but, but then, Skip, what happened is he just started sharing out of his life all these his challenges and problems. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like it just flipped. So instead of this combative thing, like he was drawing me out for a fight, mm-hmm. then he started saying, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy now. I used to do this job, and it afforded me to kind of travel the world and kind of a womanizer. He said, I spent my nest egg traveling the world with women, and now I'm an older guy. I'm having a hard time finding a job, mm. and I don't have any nest egg, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. And I went, oh, my goodness. He was so, pouring out to you. He, he was, and, and I think it to me it was the power of just listening and, I, and it also made me realize, too, how often we, we jump in and start tagging people or engaging in debates and fights and whatever, and we miss out on what they're really doing is testing us, saying, do you, do you really care about me? Will you treat me with respect? And, and I think the fact that he experienced you know, maybe almost 30 minutes of me giving respect through listening, that he opened up. And it, now this was one of these things that was kind of a one and done. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe I'll run into him again because I was in there quite a bit. I never saw him again after that. Hmm. And I thought, well, maybe my role that day was just to listen. Yeah. You know, and and for him to be able to confess or kind of say some things, a big fear, you sure. know, on his heart. So anyway, that was a that was one of those game changer moments and. I, I love uh, Jamie Winship uh, wrote Living Fearless, but he, he made this comment, uh, not in the, his book, but on a, in another setting. He said, being a witness is helping them hear the voice of love that has always been speaking to them. And I think that's really in play here, that God is speaking to people all the time, and it's kind of our job to listen for that and create that culture you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, the book is about. It tells stories. It has a scripture story. It has probably one of my stories, and then we come up with, well, how do we know it's God speaking? And and what I found is there are ten. I call them ten indicators, or maybe ten characteristics that are just true when God speaks to somebody, and they're maybe a little bit of a test, yeah. if you will. 
but but certainly an indicator that says this is him it's not in your head it's not the enemy it's this is god so we could i you know could chronicle through those i i i drew a couple of these from dallas willard couple from jamie winship you know other people but uh there's but there's several and i as i thought about them and began to discern things that you know i came up with about 10 and i think they're kind of unusual yeah well let's Uh, let's go through them okay let's introduce the sure checklist Um, here it's likely god's speaking to us when it is when yeah first it's scriptural so that's when everybody's going to okay you know the holy spirit agrees with himself (laughs) if if all scripture is inspired by god god breathed then we can trust the scripture and the voice of jesus and uh and that this is God who has spoken. And so, so Scripture is kind of like the foundation piece. Uh, nobody's probably going to fight with that too much. But, but the other nine become kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually, some of the stories in the book illustrate each of these very well uh, in different ways. But so, so the other one here is it's smarter than you. And I think if you think about my conversation with Pete in Starbucks, my tendency would be to just jump in and start, you know, exchanging right. with somebody, bringing up some controversial, you know, topics. But the smarter voice said, "Be quiet, just listen." And I go, "That was not me. Mm-hmm. That's not my tendency. Right. That that was God." And so, and it, wow, what a payoff later. Um, a third thing here, so it's scriptural, it's smarter than you, and then it's it's surprising. What? And and frankly, yeah, you it might be a like in fact several times in the in the book in different chapters, my reaction when something passed through my heart, uh, my inner ear, and it was very clear and it was words, I would respond with what? You know, and it because it's it just like surprises you. And this one it did a little bit. It was very gentle and soft, but it was clear. And so I was quite bit. So it wasn't the this moment with Pete was not a real shock. But but then number four is um, it's usually it's a specific answer to it and ask. These are all S's by the way. Mm, they all right, start with I S. See that, yeah. Yeah, and so I think we forget that we have asked God things. And uh, and and that he comes and answers. And I figured this out one day because I started writing down my prayers or re- my requests. I just bullet point them in a journal, mm-hmm. and then occasionally I'll go back and relook, and I go, "Oh my gosh, he's been responding to these things." And I wasn't paying attention. I just quit listening or quit. You know, I just wasn't alert and watchful. Mm-hmm. I just forgotten that I'd asked. Yeah, and so he's been interacting with me about things. Here's another one. The fifth one is it's succinct. It's often a one-liner. Mm-hmm. This now this might sound kind of funny. I I can't believe how often this is in the Bible, or even with people. When I hear them, they go, "What did he say to you?" And they give me a one-liner. Right. I've had things where I'm asleep. He speaks to me a lot in the early a.m. And it'll be a one-liner or a name or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And I just go, and I can't, I can't forget it. I mean, it's just, it's got punch to it, but it's just a one-liner. And, that, and with that, number six, 
It's spot on. It, when God, He knows. So it's always customized, and that might be why it's succinct, because He just knows how to land it. And so it ends up being kind of sticky, and I, I, I get it. Right, exactly at the right time and exactly what we need. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, another yeah. one here, it's seven, it's spiritual, spiritual fruit, or spiritually fruitful, maybe with a godly effect. So I, I kind of go, okay, God wants me to listen to Pete, and that had a really good effect, and I think opened Pete's heart up, and for him to say, oh, I can talk to this guy, and he's not going to attack me. Um, another one here, uh, another S, is that other people around, uh, it, it is supported by spiritually gifted people. So um, this story doesn't show this as much, but I have some others. When God speaks, other people will come in and affirm that. Or sometimes he he speaks through spiritually gifted people, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, in my case, in that case, part of my gifts were at play, you know, in, in hearing God's voice and speaking to Pete. Maybe whether you want to call it a gift of evangelism or um, you know going on. So another one that's salvation minded, um, and not just in the sense of I'm Jesus paid for sins, but but also just my full deliverance from things that might be knocking me down or others down. And so God is rescuing. He's stepping in to heal, to deliver. And so it's, it's always got that in mind. And then the last one, Skip, is, is S. The last S serves others' best interests. Mm-hmm. In this case, when God spoke and said, shush, <laughs> listen to Pete, <laughs> you know, well, that was for Pete's good. Yeah, and actually, it was for my good too, because then I get I ended up being really blessed out of that exchange uh, by that, and hopefully our listeners on the radio are as well mm-hmm. right now by mm-hmm. a story like that. Absolutely. So anyway, those are that's a little bit of an overview and description of the of the ten S's, mm-hmm. and so all through the book, they I'm going to keep uh, helping people practice. By when they read the story, they'll be mindful of these things because these are illustrated throughout every story, whether Bible or, or mine, throughout the book. So, good stuff. Or yeah. other stories I tell, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I've always felt uh, that voice in my ear is, is and in, in, in Jesus would always treat the janitor just as well as the CEO. Yeah. And to really to serve others and recognize them, you know, everyone's important and and worthy of respect. And I think that's that's such a big part of this. Um, yeah. People people feel that and and see that and they're they're ready to ask ask some questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love on that note. I love this episode in the chosen. Jesus engages in this conversation with one of the twelve, and it's a lesser known the James that we don't know as well. There's, you know, Peter, James, and John, and James and John are the brothers, but this is James, the son of Alphaeus, and so they refer to him as Little James, right? In in there right. because one he's lo- lesser known, but he's also 
portrayed as being maybe physically a little smaller, but he also has a physical impairment. And so he wonders to Jesus how he, he's been commissioned out to, you know, do healing, to go out and heal people in Jesus' name. And he, so he's going, well, how can I go do that when I myself have not been healed? Yeah. And uh, and and also he adds in I, that he's inarticulate and he's kind of concerned about his communication ability. He said, "I don't speak as well as the other guys," and this kind of stuff. And I love how Jesus responded to him. He goes, uh, "Surprising, but but profound." Mm-hmm. He says, "Little James, isn't it beautiful that you are giving to others without having received yourself? Mm-hmm. But have no doubt, you will be healed." And then, and then to his thing about not being able to speak eloquently, Jesus, you know, reassured him. He said, "Well, that means you have to listen more, <laughs> and that's better." Yeah, that's better for sure. And I just, I love how the the writers captured that. Mm. Um, and it's not scripture, but it, uh, well, it is. It's scripture based in the sense that you know it's better to hear than than to speak and. Uh, but I, I think it really highlights the value of empathy, the power of listening, as, as well as the faith that healing will come in his case. And so anyway, we, uh, we just can't think of anything more important here than listening to God, hearing his voice, moving uh, towards people. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, he said, uh, John 10, he said, I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep. And he goes... And I need need I must bring them also, and mm-hmm. they'll hear my voice. That's mm-hmm. John fifth ten fifteen and sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I think those are really beautiful pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, John, we've got about four or five minutes left, and I'd like to have you kind of uh, touch on when when we had the NFL Super Bowl winning coach NASCAR <laughs> yes. team owner Joe Gibbs to town. He came to Boise, and we had a great event. And and why don't you share your, your heart about that? Yeah, you know, we I share about this one in chapter one, my sheep hear my voice. Three times Jesus he said it metaphorically, then he Well, so I'm we had the big event and we had a thousand plus people in the Cabin Williams practice field and it was a lot of work. And we styled this event don't this is not a pep rally for Christians. Mm. Joe's coming here to speak to people that wouldn't darken the door of a church. So we had table hosts postured to invite people that mm-hmm. didn't seem to or appear to enjoy the resources of Jesus. So we filled it up, yep. you know, with I I bet you seventy yeah. percent of the folks there. Yeah. And so Joe delivered just wonderfully. But I had been – one of the things that was really important to me was that we provided really good Mm follow-up, that we prepared our table coaches to interact with their guests, and that we provided some really good follow-up opportunities. And, well, something happened that was unexpected. I won't get into the Mm -hmm. details of that, but we were not going to be able to do that the way we anticipated. So I'm in a panic because I go, this is the whole point. And I'm wrestling with this and just having having it out with God. I said, what are we going to do here? Because I could go 12 different ways. I don't know what the best way to you know, go is. Mm-hmm. And we only have so many bullets. You know, what do we do? 
and I and I really don't know what I was expecting for an answer, but I but I definitely was full of angst and fear about missing the opportunity. And so I'm standing in Starbucks just a few days after the event, and I've never seen Brian Harson was a coach at the time, mm-hmm. and he had helped introduce Coach Gibbs because right. his his dad and he both of them were in into uh, you know car racing and oh, football, yeah, so yeah. they had that in common. So he was like an a good choice of a person to introduce Coach Gibbs. So um, I just ran into him in the Eagle Starbucks with his dot, and I thought I've never seen him there before. We had a nice little exchange about the event and so forth. Well, I'm there the next day. I'm standing in the exact same spot in walks a friend named Robin, and she had just gotten in. She had driven all night to watch her son play soccer, mm-hmm. and she's and uh, we were just kind of catching up, and then she looks at me and she goes, John, she goes, I don't know what this means, but I have this picture in my mind. I think it's from the Father, mm. and I think it's for you. Mm. I'll just tell you, do you want to hear what it is? I'll just tell you, I don't know what it means. Mm. I said, well, this is a little unusual. <laughs> so go ahead. Shoot. So she put it there. She said, well, you're on this big path, a wide path, you come to the end of it, and you've got to choose. There's a bunch of trails that go off, and you don't know which one to take. And the father says, choose anyone, because I'll be with you. Yeah. I trust you. Right. Skip, I was so blown away. I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. I didn't really give her any affirmation or anything at that moment. I asked her about a month ago, I saw her, and I said, do you remember when? Yeah. And she goes, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And you know what? I think she was functioning out of her gift, but God answered me, and all the 10 S's are involved here. Wow. I can't roll through them at this moment, right. but they're all there. Right. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Great story. And man. I just go, wow. Um, so that was one of those pivot moments where I said, yeah. I want to hear his voice more. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. What a great way to end the program today. And, John, thank you so much for coming in. We'll take a couple weeks' break with you. We'll, we'll still have some other guests on in the next two weeks. But when you get back in town, and we'll get back together and talk about the next chapter. So Very good. Thank you again, John, for being a guest on Game Plan for Life. It's my delight. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero Ez Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.